All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Coming in hot is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Good Monday afternoon, everybody. Brent Wallace alongside the smartest man in hockey, Jason York, who's also the owner of the Ottawa Senators. Hey, and you're going to Ponderosa. I forgot to talk about you uh, as we did. Well, we like to come on before the show and chat about a few things. Uh, trivia. I had a big trivia question on trivia today on uh, Twitter. <laughs> and yes. the, the winner is going to Ponderosa for you. We just got to find a Ponderosa that's still open, though. I, there's I don't some, know. There is I don't, some in the U.S. I think, I think that ship has sailed in Canada. Uh, maybe it should be Red Lobster. Oh, I'm, I'm joking because my last time I, I went to a Red Lobster, my cameraman was ridiculously sick. And so I'm never going back. So we're not getting so you're telling me as Red Lobster will not be sponsoring the show. <laughs> wow. Well, no, I will take their money if you want, but I don't think they'll be sponsoring. No. Uh, hell, the- had a great weekend. Uh, and, uh, all the dads had a great Father's Day. I spent it uh, driving back from New Hampshire for an eight-hour car ride, so that was good because I went to a Beautiful. hockey tournament. Successful? Uh, Successful tournament? No. <laughs> no. So you know what, Yorkie, you know this. 
when you go to these the spring teams or summer teams, whatever they're, I mean, we're in June mm-hmm. now for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, you face teams from the U S that have been together all year. They're just like traveling teams. So like there are teams that have played like 65 games. We, I, we didn't know anybody on our team except for two other kids that were from the Ottawa area and we kids from BC and Albertans and all these just mixed up. So you try, but you rarely come away victorious unless you really stack the team. Is your son a, a ringer? He's like getting recruited for these teams with kids all over the all over the place. Like, what's going on here? When I did spring hockey with my kids, it was basically friends and family. Just took some friends from the local Canada team, sprinkled in some guys from the PN Ottawa Sting, and voila, there's your spring team. Your kid's a ringer. He's got kids from BC. He's going to Boston. You're all yeah, in. Yeah, no, did I tell you the last time? So he played on it. And by the way, he's not a ringer. He did score the shootout winner in one of the games. But there you go. He t- he lied to the coach and told him he was good in shootouts. He didn't have one all year. Anyway, <laughs> hey. I give him full marks. Oh, love yeah. it, love it. So the first game, by the way, Frank Cervelli's waiting out. So we'll just we'll get to him. Uh, I'll uh, make this quick. Um, let's, let's talk about your kids some more. I'm sure, everyone wants team. to know. That. They had like three kids from Little Caesars. Who, if you don't know, in Detroit's like a superpower. It feels like. Uh, little flyer, junior flyer guys. Like one guy flew in on a private jet and there was one guy, like I felt like the poorest people there. The other guy uh, goes, yeah, I'm going to the beach house after the game. And so all the kids are like, oh, the beach house. Uh-huh. Like, what? All my friends have a beach house. Like, Come on. Okay, settle down. Who, who doesn't have a beach house? Yeah. I was like, oh man. Anyway, yeah. um, enough about uh, me and playing uh, hockey in the middle of summer. Uh, let's bring in Frank Cervelli, shall we? Let's, As always, let's. Uh, the man himself. Frank, sir, how are you? You know, I'm good, except you did have a spring slash summer tournament a few weeks ago, and you came through Philly, and I, I never, never can, even can got Can we a mute call. his mic? Can we... Hey, Frank, hey, what's up with that, Frank? Hey, like uh, no, a no, call, like something, on. Wally. I, Hold on. It was called a tournament in Philadelphia. We were in New Jersey. Same thing. We yeah, were never it's, it's close like going, to Philadelphia. Uh, it's like go. It's like going to uh, Gatineau. Like that's that's what it's like. We were thirty-five <laughs> minutes, and one one of the rinks we were fifty minutes away from. Like, like the only time we saw Philly is on the way out when we stopped, and I took him to the Liberty Bell. Didn't even call in my in my area in my were, hood. Didn't were you gonna engineering? <laughs> Listen. I, apologize. I thought we were teammates, Wally. Uh, we are teammates. I'm apologizing. Hey, listen, Frank, Frank, if, if the, I have a rule with guys, it's called the good guys club. <laughs> Whenever you're in town, a good guy like yourself is there, you make a call. You go out, even if it's just for a coffee, Wally. So you and I got to talk about your priorities here. We'll talk after the show. Poor Frank. Were you going to come watch the game? No. So I I left you does does doesn't matter hang out for the weekend and not have to spend it in I don't even know what the places are called anymore. Can we move on? No. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, talk about uh, I I, I want to get right to it to be honest with you and that is Alex Debrinket. Uh It's Jason York's favorite topic. So um, Frank, what can you update us on? When do you think this trade's going to happen? Because at this point, it's a trade or nothing, right? Like, he's not playing in Ottawa next year. I, I mean, I have a hard time seeing a path for that. Is it possible? Yes. Like, they do have the contractual path to do so. Is it going to be comfortable? No. Um, so, I, I didn't, I'd imagine that 
the time frame to make a trade, the clock is ticking on it. You know, the, the sort of drop dead date will be whenever the arbitration date is, because then that's binding, of course, the contract. Um, but short of that, like, I don't know how pressing it is. Like, I, I would think that the priority would be if you're the Sens to get something done before round one next Wednesday. So nine days from now. But I, I still think this is a trade that that's possible to do after the fact if the Sens aren't solely focused on draft night capital. If the idea is to get back, you know, a piece lower in the first round, and especially after giving up the pick that you did um, to get Jacob Chikrin, then perhaps that's your 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 pressure point. Um, the fact of the matter remains that the Sens are not going to get what they gave up last year on draft day for Alex to that number seven overall pick and the second and third, that, that return has sailed. Now the point and, and difficult spot that Pierre Dorian finds himself in is that he now needs to go out and get as much of that as he can, or as close to that as he can to basically turn around and say, Hey, look, we took a swing. We tried to bring in a player that we thought could be a game breaker for us. It's not really our fault that he doesn't want to be here. We're making the push to try and sign this guy to a long-term deal. He's an American. Other people have been, other teams have been through this before, and we're going to have to cut our losses and go in a different direction. It's really kind of just a matter of when and where as opposed to if. Like we don't, we don't have any – like the arbitration thing really doesn't matter at this point. Is it not just a lever? Like there's not going to, I would be shocked if this ever got to arbitration is my point. I agree with you. And, and I, I don't really think there's any real need to go through that unless you haven't gotten to a point where you feel comfortable with the return that you have on the table. And you feel like you have to then go through this arbitration process to keep this player on your team into next season and see where it goes. Is that a possibility? Yes. I think it's a, it's a small one. And I would tend to agree with you that I think the Sens are, are kind of in that spot where it's just a, you know, a leverage point to retain control. What are you hearing Frank of, of teams that I know he's going to, he has a list and we've all heard the, the Detroit's, um, couple other teams are on there as well. So, uh, Dallas is on there. What are you hearing about possible players? Like, Because Ottawa Ottawa's going to need somebody to come back and play and somebody could be an impact player. Who are some of the names you're hearing out there right now that could possibly be a player coming the other way? That's sort of the difficult part when you, you work through this, Jason. Like, you, you look at the list of guys on these teams. You know, Dallas might be in a different spot, of course, than a team like, Detroit, where Detroit is probably in the spot where they're dealing, you know, future assets still. They're looking, they've got picks nine and 17 overall, for instance, that mm -hmm. they could be moving. Um, I, I don't see any significant roster pieces coming back the other way from a team like Detroit. And, and that's sort of the one that everyone's honed in on. Maybe, you know, the Sens get uh, someone like a Philip Zadina for, you know, mm. who was thought of at, at one point as um, a pretty significant pros uh, prospect and goal scorer um, that you could then take him and plug him into your lineup. Plus some of the future assets that, that we were talking about. So um, when I look at Dallas, like there's not, 
you know, or, or some of the other teams that have been mentioned, there's not really a ton of, you know, obvious sort of, um, Hey, this, this makes perfect sense. Um, you know, even going through some of the other teams, like Matt Larkin wrote a great piece on dailyfaceoff.com today, looking at some potential destinations for Debrinket. One of the other teams that, that really stood out for me that I don't think has been talked about a ton, but is the St. Louis Blues. Like they're another team mm-hmm. that has multiple first round picks. Uh, they have three total outside of the top 10 and two. So two in the twenties that Doug Armstrong has more or less telegraphed to everyone around the league. Hey, we're trying to move these picks in order to get players that fit exactly the age frame that Alex Debrinkit is in. They want 25 and under guys that can be difference makers moving forward for the St. Louis Blues to bounce back into the playoffs next year. The other teams that he mentioned, Pittsburgh Penguins, could Kyle Dubas make a splash? Could they add someone on the wing uh, to, to play with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin? The New York Rangers, they've got a hole at right wing with Kane and Tarasenko gone. The Carolina Hurricanes, they're a team that's been one of the most consistently excellent teams in the NHL. Five consecutive playoff appearances, four years out of five that they've won at least one round. And can't score. Can't, can't score. score. So is yeah. it to bring it one of those guys right? that makes sense? So those are some of the teams that we had put to our heads together to try and see where it makes sense. And then there's always one that surprises you. Frank, why, why I keep hearing Travis Konechny's name out there. Why the hell would Philadelphia trade Travis Konechny? <laughs> like, that's, like, Hey, if I, if I'm looking for a guy to come in and be a difference maker, still pretty young, and that name's out there, that's a guy I'm going after. Like, wh- wh- why would they move him? Well, I think it has to do with timeline more than anything. Like, the Flyers are embarking on, uh, if, if not totally, you know, take it down to the wood like the Chicago Blackhawks have, it's going to be really close to that. And so all of a sudden you begin to kind of do the math. Like Travis Konechny, he had a great year this year. When you look at him and to your point, um, he's got a lot of different attributes that he brings. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of view him when he's on as, as like a Brad Marchand light. Um, he's kind of in your face and has the top end talent to really be a difference maker. But he's also 26. And if you're thinking the Flyers are going to need five to six years to really turn this around, the best time to trade Travis Konechny is right now while he has two years left at five and a half million bucks and surplus value on his deal. So you wait any longer and I think you start to run into the, well, you know, then we need to pay this guy. All of a sudden the conversation becomes different for teams that are looking to acquire Konechny. And that's why it, to me, it stands out as, as something that I get what you're saying. Why would a team, you know, want to move someone like him? But at the same time, you have to stay true to what exactly you're trying to tackle. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what the flyers are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I do like to point out, uh, I find this very entertaining in the article. One of the teams Matt Larkin has wrote about is the Pittsburgh Penguins. And of course that's Kyle Dubas now in charge. And we know that Dubas likes to always acquire Ottawa Senator players. So I just find the <laughs> entertainment value in this alone. Um, there is a couple of questions, Frank, in the chat about uh, Florida, which is on the list of the six teams. A Sam Reinhart possibility, but I can't see that 
I mean, he makes six point five million next season. Then he's a UFA. Is there is that a trade possibility? Well, I do think the Panthers have some questions to ask themselves about. You know, think back to one year ago at this exact point in time. Jonathan Huberto was entering the last year of his deal. Mackenzie Weger, same thing, do significant raises. They got out ahead of it and said, we're probably not going to be paying this guy to stay with us long term. Let's make the tough decision now and let's move, move on from those players. And that's kind of the thought process, I think, when it comes to the Panthers. Same thing with Reinhardt and uh, Sam Bennett has one additional year. But some of these guys are reaching the point where they're going to have to pay them significant money. And Reinhardt is, is really going to be one of those guys. To me, um, I love his game. Like, you can pencil him in every season for 30 and 30. Um, mm-hmm. That's a unique quality in today's game. And I thought when you looked at his playoff run and the Panthers' playoff run, um, he was a big driving force in that, one of the real engines for that team. Um, plays with an edge and someone that has the skill and, and a bit of a frame to, to be able to back it up. So um, I like Reinhardt a lot. I think Florida, they've got a tough choice to make. Um, if, if they're in the mix for someone like a Debrinket, and I look at Florida and I say that's a team that's pretty well positioned down the middle, um, could they possibly find an upgrade there in a Debrinket? And, and you could start to see that make sense. How about that conversation with Matthew Kachuk and Debrinket? Yes, sorry about blowing you up there <laughs> late in the season. You remember that hit, Frank? Like, yeah. And hey, look, I'm sure <laughs> there, there could have been a message sent to uh, from Matthew to Brady, maybe along the way. Exactly, man. That was uh, a big hit. So, uh, by the way, I just looked it up. If those who haven't, uh, Debrinket, since he's joined the league in 2017-18, has the fourth most goals of players 25 years or younger. Um, he is extremely talented. And I think we need to make sure we continue to point this out because we like to always just say, well, he doesn't want to be here and he's got to go and all, but he's a very, very good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Frank but also fair to say that he probably didn't meet expectations last season, right? Fair. No, without question. And I don't, and we've discussed this on the show. I feel like every show he doesn't mm-hmm. fit. I don't think what Ottawa needs right now. They have plenty of offensive threats. I just think they need somebody different in that role. And Yorkie's been the same way. Um, my, fi- my concern is Ottawa is not going to recoup what it gave up to get him because of he's only got one year. He wants to be relocated, um, yep. which I think is a family decision. I don't necessarily think this is just all on, on, all on Alex to bring it. Um, well, I think it's very similar to the same thing that Chicago was facing a year ago. Like right. they were saying, let's get ahead of it now because it's never going to be as good as it is right at this exact moment because mm-hmm. teams are now staring down the same thing that Ottawa is, which is it's great that we have to trade something to get this guy, but then we also need to pay him. And how expensive is that long-term deal? It's a number that at the bare minimum starts with an eight based on exactly the type of stat that you just pointed out. Yeah. It's the goal scoring touch uh, last, you know, even though he didn't score the goals necessary last year to really sort of vault him into that category. The, the big question that was looming with Alex to after hitting 40 goals twice was, can he do it without Patrick Kane? And so he goes somewhere else and then puts up a pretty good season, which everyone's like, yeah, this guy's still a pretty good player. 
that's something that all has to be kept in mind. It's the paying him now somewhere else that's going to get in the way of the return. Frank, that Carolina comment you made makes, man, because you look at what troubled them during the playoffs. They just can't score. And, and listen, goal scoring, you still got to pay for it, right? And there's just so many guys in the league can do it at a consistent rate. If an off year for you is 29, that's still not too bad. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll find a dance partner uh, because there's just there's so much pressure to score goals. And he's still one of the best. He's still one of the best at it. Yeah, and, you know, I was thinking back as as we went through this exercise today, Matt Larkin and I were trading messages. Like, I was looking at a whole bunch of teams. Like, I was saying, oh, you know, it might be hard to do this in division with a team like Buffalo. And I guess the same thing exists with Detroit. But I was saying, like, Buffalo, for instance, that, that could make perfect sense. You know, you've got the pillars down the middle to, to that your teams build on you could use a scoring winger and I'm like, ah, but they already kind of have an undersized guy in Jeff Skinner that already Mm -hmm. makes a boatload of money that maybe they don't need another Jeff Skinner. So that's the only thing that kind of concerns me about to bring it when it comes to some other teams, including Carolina, like Carolina is not a massive team up front. Mm. No. Does, does the bring it really fit like Sebastian Ajo, not a huge guy, you know, Jordan Stahl, who'll be likely be back, and I'd expect to sign in the next few days. You know, he's got some. But they're not like teaming with you know trees in their lineup. They've got some size on their back end, but they're not huge up front. And I just don't know if he. I think here's really the crux of the DeBrinket debate and issue for front offices is: is he a driver or is he a great complementary piece? And I tend to think more towards the latter. And you need those to win. The question is, how many of those guys can you afford to pay sort of top-level money? Yeah. If you look at prime Phil Kessel, prime Phil Kessel was scoring, what, mid-30 goals, but he's not a guy that's going to lead your team. You put him on a really good team like Pittsburgh, and he's going to be a great a great complimentary piece for you and, and help you win a Stanley Cup. So, yeah, it's, and, and I still think Detroit. I know you said Detroit as well. And Wally and I and Bobby, we've been talking about Detroit now for five months. Like, they could really use, and he's not that old. Like, he could be a, a piece that grows with that core. Um, and you that's got the, what the Sens wanted in him, frankly. They yeah. wanted him to grow with their core. Exactly. And that's why that and helped sell a lot of tickets last summer. But it's just, hey, when the guy doesn't want to be here, um, you got to do what you got to do. So if last summer was the summer of Pierre, hmm. what is this summer? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm not even going there. Uh, come on, Wally. <laughs> it's it's the Strong summer opinions. of Edlauer. No, of, I, yeah. It's you know what it is. Unfortunately, it's been the great pause, and everything yeah. is just on pause. Like we had to yeah. wait and sit through, get to an owner, and now you can't. You don't. You feel like there's not a lot that they can do because. They got to wait to sign paperwork, and then he's got to come in. And all, oh, like, trust it's just, me, it's Frank. It's, Frank, listen, I, they're not like there's conversation. I'll get your opinion on this. Yes, Michael Landlauer is not getting control of the team till whenever a month, two months, who knows when it is. But there, there would be conversations going on daily. If I'm the I'm putting myself in the general manager's shoes right now you are going to be reaching out for sure because this is the guy that's going to be owning the team and you're going to want to make sure this guy's happy. So 100% he's going to have say on what's going on. 
Yeah, it's it's sort of the advisor role, if that makes any sense, at least for the time being. And I think that's also kind of what makes the entire thing uncomfortable because you have someone that you know is taking over, but in the meantime, you also have someone that has their hands on the wheel steering the ship who frankly may not be that person that's selected to continue steering the ship when it comes to September or whenever it is that um, Michael Ann Lauer has finally handed the keys to the franchise. And so, you know, we haven't really seen it before where someone is able to take operational control of the franchise. You know, I think it's, it's, it happened a long time ago um, in the mid nineties with John Spano and the New York Islanders, he was able to wrestle control of the team and, and had it without actually making any payments. And the NHL had to go back and sort of undo and erase some of the things that he had done. They're really careful this time around, not to say that there's any hiccups coming, but it's, it's pretty rare to have someone that's making some functional organizational decisions without actually having full and complete control of the franchise. So it's a really tough, you know, you, you said the summer of pause, like I, I'm going to call it the summer of mystery because no one really knows what to expect next and how active, you know, are the Sens going to be in the meantime? Uh, one of the uh, discussions I'm having right now in the chat is people seem don't ever trade within the division. Don't trade to Detroit. Don't trade to Boston or Montreal, all that stuff. But I don't believe that to be the case anymore. Like it used to be, Back in the day, absolutely. I just find now we and I'm about to say even look at Tyler Bertuzzi going to Boston from Detroit. I if Alex DeBrinket is the reason that you don't make the playoffs, I think you got bigger issues in your roster than one player. Is my point? Um, I'll so I'll agree with you and disagree. Uh, on the one hand, I think that's always actually been a staple of Pierre Dorian's tenure. Um. I mean, just go back to, it was the Mike Hoffman trade, right? He went yep. from San Jose and then they flipped him to Florida. Yep. Like part of the reason for that was Ottawa didn't deal in division with Florida. And so that is, that's actually how that deal came to be. Uh, they were really none the wiser the whole time that San Jose was cooking it up to send him somewhere else. Right. So on, on the one hand, that's sort of been Pierre Dorian's MO. And on the other I think the rule doesn't really apply as much when it comes to pending UFAs. Like I think Detroit was looking at the Bertuzzi situation saying, well, first off, we're not making the playoffs anyway. And second, he's going to a team that more or less can't really afford to keep him unless they make other significant moves. So I'd say in season um, that seems to apply less than mm -hmm. perhaps a trade that happens in the off season where you're sort of directly helping another team in your division build. But you can get perhaps a better return. You can squeeze Detroit. If you're like, I'm not trading to you unless you sweeten this pot. Mm -hmm. I see. I agree with you. I'm just telling you how other teams think about it. I would trade yep. with anyone at any point in time. If the deal's right. Exactly. And I, I, I think you throw everything out the window and take the best deal for your franchise. I'm just saying that's not how everyone looks at it. Absolutely. I, and I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I think it's one thing too, when, when you're trading a player that quote unquote drags his teammates into the battle, like, Hey, if you're, let's say 
world behold here. You trade Brady Kachuk. Maybe that's not a guy you want to trade within your division or a, a Matthew Kachuk, but those players are few and far between. Agreed, and and that's why more often than not those players go to the other conference, in fact, not even in the same division. Get them as far away as possible. Yeah. And geographically, Calgary to Florida is almost right. as far away as possible. Uh, that seemed to work out pretty well for Florida. Um, Frank, we have a bit of business to take care of. If you would uh, just uh, allow me to do yeah, some you work. Do, you do them all here, Wally. Oh, this show, really? as always, uh, proudly presented by Botano. Go to botano.ca. Uh, where the game starts now, visit Botano or download the award-winning state-of-the-art app, the fastest, most user-friendly and advanced betting app for your mobile or tablet. Uh, have the amazing world of sports with you at Botano. Hundreds of betting options. And try the same game parlays with BetBuilder. Also, in-game live betting and the most competitive odds in the market. Botano, the game starts now. All right, Yorkie, I will do it. Uh, as always, this show held together by Renfrew Pro Tape. Go to RenfrewPro.com. Uh, 10% off your first order. You can also order a uh, tape right from the website or also you can get it online. But when I was in uh, New Hampshire, we had to stop at the store and get some Renfrew Pro Tape. It is moisture resistant, helps with puck control, and it's what the pros use. Even Yorkie, available at all major retailers. RenfrewPro.com, the one with the green core. Also, don't forget Free Tape Friday. Uh, just tag your teammates and get unlimited entries. Also, BEI, Bonisure Excavating, Inc. They, for 35 years, have put their reputation on the line, providing great service and unmatched quality of work. And now they're putting forth the same commitment to build you a new home, escape this city and the big city price tags, relocate to Wren Subdivision, uh, built by BEI Homes, just an hour west of Canada. You can enjoy a vibrant small-town atmosphere with all the modern conveniences, detached semi detached homes, 70-foot frontage with water and sewer, also semi-detached, plenty of upgrades, Starting as low as five hundred thousand. Visit BonisherHomes.com. There. All right. Um, I want to move on to ownership and what. So we're in the middle of it here. Yorkie even more so because he's now one of the owners. Is uh, Yorkie? I'm going to say this every show, by the way, just because people all Why think not? that you are leaving and you've got your office picked out. Yeah, next, I'll run uh, with it to Michael Landlauer. Yeah, there you go. So um, anyway. Uh, Frank, what do you see on the outside of things of how this is shaping up and what Michael Andlauer's reputation is um, outside of Ottawa? I think it's like quite literally Sterling. Um, He has built for himself, um, not just as a self-made man, but also as a true, you know, this guy lives, eats, breathes, sleeps hockey, Um, a beer league goalie that can't get enough. Uh, That, sort of rings true in every facet. And, um, you know, I I think part of it too is, is attention to detail. Like he's someone that always has, you know, I've been going to board of governors meetings for, I don't know, 10 years now. And we did our first one together. Yeah. So you see him there and like he, he's had a seat at the table for a long time now with the Montreal Canadians that they, there's a trust factor that exists between the NHL and now the Ann Lauer group that I think is incredibly important. I think it's the reason why his bid ended up being the winner. Uh, you have to go into business with someone that you trust. And I, I think that factor is mutual. The He's a known commodity to the NHL. They know what they're getting. Um, they also know generally how he steers his ship, which has been very detail oriented. 
Um, nothing is left to chance. There are no questions, attention to detail, all those things that come into play. And so um, his reputation is fantastic. And I think the enthusiasm that he has for the sport, it's so needed, I think, in the market. Like you really saw this, the feel and vibes around the Sens change last season. And the fact now that they have a new owner who can pour some capital in, make things right, kind of right from the start, uh, and tackle this longstanding arena issue, it, it's, I, I honestly believe, and the reason why the Sens price tag was so high is because it's only going up from here for the Sens that it's, I think it's an incredibly exciting time to be a Sens fan. Not only do you have this, you know, this roster that's on the precipice of, you know, the playoffs and knocking on that door, but also to have the backing behind it. You look at all the great teams in the NHL, you, you don't really make it there without good ownership. You don't, the Tampa Bay Lightning don't win two Stanley Cups if Jeff Vinnick doesn't buy the team in 2010 and, and give them every resource imaginable. And mostly to the, to the point, stay out of the way. You know, you have to have someone that, yeah, having a passion for hockey is great, but let the people that actually, you know, live and breathe the hockey operations do that on a daily basis and sit back and enjoy it as a fan. So that I think is a huge part of the key moving forward. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And I think that's key, right? Like, we don't see Bill Foley. You don't see Jeff Vinnick. You don't see the owners who are really successful uh, out front very often unless they need to quickly open a practice facility or something ridiculous. But typically you don't see them. And I think that is key of remaining behind the scenes and doing the job and just being the owner, if that makes sense. Well, that makes, makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. And I was going to say not to, not to dance on, on Eugene Melnick's grave, which no one would do. 
It's just that that you hear the stories time and time again of how involved in the process he was, not just in, in everything that went on hockey ops, but every little detail of that team behind the scenes, there wasn't someone, you know, there was always someone overseeing that and, and mm-hmm. looking at it and breathing all over it. That I think to have everyone to give them the flexibility and freedom to do what they need, um, I think is critically important to the job. So uh, there's so many rumors and it's uh, in the chat right now with a few people talking about Al- Alfie's go- Alfie's going to have a job with the Ottawa Senators. I, I don't think there's any question about that. That The question is, what's he going to do? Uh, do you have any feeling of what happens with Daniel Albertson? I think he should be president of the organization uh, and not president of Hockey Ops, but that's just me. I, I don't have a sense. I, I've Like you and like everyone in the chat, I've, I've heard the rumblings. I've heard people talk about Daniel Alfredson having a bigger role. I think in some ways it's been a long time coming. And, and in an odd way, I kind of view Daniel Alfredson to the same as what Shane Doan was in Arizona, if that makes any sense. Sort of in again, out again, um, you know, deeply wants to be involved, but for whatever reason could never get on the same page as ownership. And for, and sometimes that meant being out of the mix for a bit and to re sort of establish that relationship, bring the, you know, sort of native son, the prodigal son back home, I think is, is incredibly important from a a fan base perspective. You want to be on the same page as your franchise icons. You want to have a shared belief and opinion and you have someone in Daniel Alfredson that wants to put the time in and wants to work, which is the other part of the, the superstar equation that not everyone um, buys into. So I tend to view it the same sort of way you do. And, and maybe it's not as president right away. Maybe it's something like senior advisor to the team or whatever it is. But I think everyone can agree that having Daniel Alfredson back in the fold sure beats the alternative <laughs> without question i just remember him at center ice doing the face-off and the fan reaction to seeing daniel alfredson right it was just you ha- you can't buy that and that's the so as we always talk hockey or professional sports it's about emotion right like i am investing in an organization because that's where my heart is at and it's always about emotion and people feel that connection to daniel alfredson anyway and there's there's lots of others chris phillips Chris Neal, there's lots of great players that have played here. The uh, the Patrick Waugh rumor talk is interesting to me. Um, do you think he's going to be the potential head coach of the Ottawa Senators? I, I don't. Um, I think the the connection that was made between Patrick Waugh and um, – you know, the, some of the potential bidders that were up for the Sens, I, I think it was with a different group on, other than the Anlauer group. And I can confirm 100% that there was indeed um, one of the groups had reached out to Patrick Waugh to gauge his interest and to engage in that conversation. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the coaching front. My sense and the rumor or rumbling the whole time was that, you know, if Michael Anlauer gets the team, you know, you, you had heard the talk all along about Steve Steos and, and, you know, we still don't know what's to come of that. This adds to the awkwardness of this summer of mystery, but then 
because of um, Michael Anlauer's connections to the OHL, there seemed to be some line of thought or thinking that if he does get the team, that DJ Smith will then be safe. Um, again, your guess is as good as mine in terms of what yeah. direction they're going to go down. And then timeline is yet another question after that. Here's all I can say. And, and I think this is what ties into the coaching staff is I don't care if it's Toe Blake or Scotty Bowman or DJ Smith or Patrick Watt. doesn't matter who it is. This team needs to hit the ground running in October, right from puck drop. There can be no six, 12 and one start again, because I remember getting to, you know, March, April, and there was one weekend this past season, you know, in the springtime where the Sens are trying to scratch and claw to get in. And someone asked me the question, did losing both games this weekend sink the Sens season? And my answer was no. The Sens season was over in mid-November when they started 6-12-1. It's so difficult in this league to get out of that hole. And me personally, watching this team go through that you know, the last few years in a row, DJ Smith, to me, I, I don't have any questions about his credentials as a coach. And I don't know if it all comes down to him, but having this team ready from the start and, and to have that fall apart year after year, it's unforgivable in my opinion. And that's the big thing that needs to change regardless whoever is the coach or the GM. What's your ideal GM for the Ottawa Senators? Uh, that is a very loaded question. Um, there's a lot to think about and tackle there. And my biggest thing is when I think about the Sens, and this is, this is going to be an overarching thought is they have a lot of the critical core pieces in place already. You know, you look at the back end with Sanderson and Shabbat and, and now Chikrin and, you know, you look at the forward group and the incredibly talented group of players that they have with Stutzla and, and also Brady and, and the whole group, like you're like, man, they have a lot of elements. A lot of the positional boxes have already been checked. Solving the goaltending is one. And then I, I think finding someone that can find the right complementary pieces, um, the drafting and development part there it hasn't been a 100% success rate, but it's, it's actually been pretty damn good. And mm. that is a nice feather in the cap of Pierre Dorian in terms of having a chance to remain as this team's manager moving forward as he can point to his track record and say, here are all the guys that I've put into place for your team. Now let me be the guy that helps put this team over the hump. The thing is he's also tried to do that and tried to do that last summer and, and wasn't successful. Um, I think Claude Giroux, someone that came in and exceeded expectations. Alex Debrinket, a lot was given up for him. We talked about him and we're like, eh, it wasn't bad, but wasn't great. So you need someone that is going to win on the margins for the Ottawa Senators. Someone that is going to take a bunch of 3% and 5% wins and stack those up until you can have a team that is ready to compete with some of the big boys in the Atlantic division. So um, that to me is, is the game plan. That's the blueprint. That's the angle of attack for the Sens. And, and whether that's Pierre Dorian or whether it's someone else that's out there, a Steve Steos or someone that Michael Anlauer has in mind, um, that remains to be seen. I'm going with Jason York for GM. Um, 
as uh, Frank, we appreciate you are, your time. Right? Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah, thanks, Frank. That was great stuff. Uh, you can watch Frank Daly, uh, dailyfaceoff.com. Also, uh, one of the best insiders there is in the entire game. Uh, we appreciate your time and look forward to maybe having some more chats. And if I come to Philly, I'm yeah. calling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll remember see. We'll my see. number. It's still it's stored in your phone somewhere, I think. So. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Take care. There goes Frank. Sir, see you, Frank. One of the, uh, one so, of the best. Yeah. So this is a so just to feed off what what, what Frank was saying, and, and I've said this now for I think I was saying it since Christmas time. The senators are a lot closer than people outside of the bubble that cover this team on a daily basis. I think they're two years away from challenging for a Stanley Cup. I think I think they're that close. Really? And I and I think this summer is vital. Yes, really. Look at the defense core. Look at your top six forwards. You this Debrinket scenario is vital to me. Like if you could plug in a good top six, it doesn't have to be a 40 or a 30 goal scorer. It's a guy that can score just over 20, but play with some vigor and some sandpaper. That's going to, if, if anybody who's listening, watch the Stanley cup, you know, the type of player I'm talking about, a guy that plays when it is hard out there that gets into the, what I call plays inside the dots. I got Playing a guy inside, and 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 then another. Def- I still would bring in a, another defenseman, and you got to solve the goaltending. So, and I th- you also need to up- upgrade the bottom six. So there's there's some work to be done. There's time to do it, and I think with this, Debrinket is a huge chip to play to really help this process and speed it along quickly. All right. So as you know, lots of factors involved. Uh, I remember back in the early 2000s, every year they started out by saying, Otto, this is going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Otto's winning the Stanley Cup. There's too many factors involved for we to go two years down the road, this team's going to challenge for a Stanley Cup. You don't have a goaltender. You do not have a goaltender that's going to win you a Stanley Cup right now. Not so right until now. you find one, I don't, I don't even know that the, this should be a question that's entertained at the moment. But, that's but to, play, to, to play devil's advocate... Like you just don't know with the goaltending situation. Like, like, did anybody think Aiden Hill was going to lead? And I know people are saying, nope. "Well, yeah, they they signed him. That's why they signed him. But, well, they signed him and they gave him two million bucks. Like, this was a very good insurance policy, and he, they obviously did their homework on him. But he wasn't a guy when they thought this is guy's going to win us the Stanley Cup. He's a capable goaltender and played great. I agree. But are you so you're saying right now you have no issues of Anton Forsberg leading this team to a Stanley Cup at the moment? You think he's capable of doing that? I think Ottawa's pro scouting department really needs to dig up their sleeves and this summer scour that free agent market, maybe in the Debrinka trade. Maybe, maybe you can bring a goaltender back the other way that that fits into the with the age and a guy that's it doesn't have to be my point is yeah. it doesn't have to be a star. I know, you I can, get it. And you you can we, win this. You it. can win. Yeah, especially now. You don't need, you don't need a seven and eight million dollar goaltender. You don't. You need somebody that is a very good goaltender, mentally tough, and that's that's where your pro scouting department comes in. You got to go I, out there, yes, and and find that guy. But Ottawa doesn't have that guy, in my opinion. I don't think they do either. Who knows? Like we, it, and that's why I'm saying two years from now. Like I think this year, the way it's going to play out whoever they start the season with, like I, 
is you never know that he might he might come along this year. Maybe Forsberg comes back healthy because he's got the the both knees, but by all accounts, it yeah. sounds like he will. Who knows what he can do? Who knows if if they do go with Sogar, how he plays? Um, who knows who they bring back in the trade? It's it's just there's a it. lot of variables, but I just think they're close with a couple little tweaks, and they've got that great card in Debrinket right now. That's that so they I just got to they just got to make the right trade. I agree. I it's just there's so many variables. There's tw- basically 25 variables, and that's 25 players. But Which it comes back in, to me injuries. To me, it, to, yeah, obviously injuries, luck, all that stuff comes into account. But I'm just basing it on the age of the core, the yep. age of your defense, how this team plays. They're a hard team to play against, and and where I see them in a couple of years. Sure, they might. I'm just saying I that's what I'm projecting, and and also too. You now have great ownership coming in that's going to spend money, that's not going to handcuff you at the trade deadline, that's not going to want to ship your best players out. Like it's going to be totally different now. So that's why I think it's sooner than later. And I, I think it's a two year window. Okay. Uh, I, here's one of the players I have in mind. Yeah. Who you got? I do. And my, by the way, Tyler Bertuzzi is my first choice at yeah. any point to put in that is roster. He? Yeah, I, I just love the way he plays the game. You know he's going to battle for everything. You've got Josh Norris and possibly Claude Giroux or Drake Batherson who can score goals on that line. He just creates space. Uh, but I'm Yorkie. I this is probably going to take some heat. I'm okay. I would put Tom Wilson in that lineup. It'd be great. Tom, why would Tom Wilson draw you some heat? Well, people just like they're go, we're going to go from Alex to Brinkett to Tom Wilson. And I'm like, if you want to win Stanley Cup, you need someone like Tom Wilson in your lineup. And you have Tom, it in Brady Kachuk. I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. Do you, do, I just do you want know, you to add someone else. Do you know how petrified the other team's defense would be doing? Like, you're going to go. It's basically your, the puck's chipped in. You see Tom Wilson. You are slowing down, and you're letting him get the puck. Like, you're going to get possession every single time. <laughs> I did, I'm trying to think right now. What's Wilson's age right now? I don't have it in front of me. 29. Okay, so he's a little older, but not that old. But he's yeah, fun. But- like, Claude Giroux's 35. He played like he was 25. 29, Yorkie. Think about it. It's nothing. No, I know it's not that old. Like, that's why when I hear a name like a Travis Konechny, it gets me excited. Uh, when you no. look at guys around that age, he's a hard guy to play against, too. Man, I love I, that guy on my you, team. Listen, Josh play- Norris or Tim Stutzla will play 10 feet tall if Tom Wilson is lining up at the face-off circle with them, not not disagreeing with you, not disagreeing with you. But you're taking you're taking Tom Wilson over Travis Konechny. Absolutely. Whoa, I'm taking Konechny. I'm taking I don't Konechny need the goal scoring all day. He does a lot of other things too. plays plays a hard game, and oh, he's just he's no. a talented he's a talented guy that plays the game hard. And I like Tom Wilson a lot, but I'm taking Konechny. Tom, no, Tom Wilson, you can plug and play anywhere. I, I just, I, I, they're not I, even, I, they're not even I, close to the same type of player. I know, I know it's taboo to talk to talk about Formington right now, but man, you look at where he was projecting as a player and what he can do for sure. you with his speed. I just hope that gets sorted out for all parties involved. Uh, but that's that's okay. the type of that's the type of player you want on your third line. The stuff I, he I believe Alex Formington gets mentioned in our chat probably every show when we do a live show. 
Here's the only thing I'm going to say about this because I don't know for sure. Neither do I. I don't believe Alex Formington will play for the Ottawa Senators ever again. And the only reason I say that is because he just had a year off. Everybody else kept playing. He was not signed, and I believe that is the reason. If the investigation comes out, I think yeah. that's what's going to end up happening. I just don't think Alex Formington will ever be an Ottawa senator. That's all. Yeah. I'm, and I don't have any info to base it on. I'm just basing it on how this all played out this offseason. This was not yeah. a contract issue at all. I would agree with that, but I don't, I don't know for sure what's going to happen either. I'm just saying that type of player, that age, that speed, that, that type of guy is, man, it's that, that's your third line winger that, that, can make a, that can make a difference and is young. So it's, those guys are tough to find. And, and uh, you know, I, Tom Wilson, for sure. He's had some injury issues too, though, Wally, don't forget. Like he's last little while had some injuries, had some issues. Like the, he's got some hard miles on him. He's got a lot of hard miles on that body. He, every time you, you blow a guy up like Tom Wilson does, it hurts you too when you hit that hard. Trust me. So that, that would be my other concern with Wilson as well. Yorkie, I just need him for one year to win a Stanley Cup. Okay, I'm not asking for his entire life. I just so want by that, one so, year. So by the time Ottawa, my projection two years from now, Wilson is roughly 31. So you want, you like a 31-year-old Tom Wilson? Because you're going to have to pay him a lot, right? you have to pay him a lot of money. Well, he, right now he's at 5.1 heading into UFA. He played 33 games last season. He had 13 goals. Uh, 22 points. What was the so, injury? Well, did you know what the I know I'm putting you on the uh, spot. I'll look it up here first. I can't remember off the top of yeah. my head. Um, I'm just I'm just saying, guys that play that style, you, you, your your body, agree. your body, you're you're 21, you're 29, but your body is 59. <laughs> it's just it's a it's one it's 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 a lot of hard miles, man, to play that style of game. I I don't argue that. I'm just saying, I just need you. Look, Mark Stone. I look. Apparently, he's, his back is messed up completely. I just need him to be like that. Yeah. Just come into the playoffs and tear everybody apart. Um, a torn ACL. He uh, missed forty-eight games, and then he missed. So uh, now, seven with, so now uh, you're tell now you're telling me you want you want Wilson fresh off a torn ACL, turning thirty over Travis Konechny. That's your. I don't me. know how. I, yes. How how else do I need to say this to you? Put Tom Wilson in my lineup. I don't know how else I can say it. Torn ACL, 31 pretty soon. Jesus. I, I, I'm not asking him to have a breakaway every game, Yorkie. <laughs> what are you smoking what? over there? Oh, my God. <laughs> we need a summer break. <laughs> That's what you and I do. We disagree well. Uh, I. <laughs> I, yes. Do I like Travis connecting? Yes. I just want Tom Wilson. Okay. I want Tyler Bertuzzi and then we'll go from there. You're the guy that loves D that cross check guys in front of the net too. Remember that? Sends need a guy that can knock some bodies down in front yes. of the net. Cross check yes. some guys. Let them know you're there. I, I believe that's, if you look at the, uh, the way that the Vegas golden Knights played, I think they played a pretty hard brand of hockey. I would agree with you there. Um, love their D. And you look at their D, all, all uh, big, long guys that can move the puck. They didn't get enough credit for uh, – I know people started talking about it later on in the playoffs, but, you know, their third pairing, you look at White Cloud and that third pairing yes. making – and the, the thing is, 
yeah, they're great in front of the net, but those guys move the puck as well. Like, like they, I thought they were tremendous moving the puck, playing simple. And uh, yeah, when you and all 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 three pairs played. I, I believe White Cloud was up around 18 minutes, um, so it's a big reason why they won the cup. I I agree with you completely. Uh, all right, uh, I was gonna. Oh, I, I just want to ask you as a player. I'm not a medical doctor by any stretch of the imagination, nor am I good at the Google machine. Uh, Matthew Kachuk's fractured sternum. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get like, as we talked about, my kid plays hockey. I understand the mentality of wanting to be in the lineup. That just seems excessive to me. It does. And, and a fractured sternum. Well, it's very difficult to play. I'll tell you a story. I once, it wasn't my sternum, but I got, I got hit from behind and my top rib popped out just on the top of my chest here. I still have a lump and it was like somebody had stabbed me. It was crazy. It, it took about two, three months to finally feel good. Also, another time my, uh, one of my ribs in my rib cage got dislocated and it was crazy. Like there was no way you could play. So I could only imagine the pain that Matthew Kachuk was dealing with. Um, I, you know, he, he finished that one game on adrenaline, but you know, it, it, what can you say about him? Right. The way he played and he, and it deep inside, like he's got that, that never give up that, that drive. Okay. He probably, he probably felt that I need to play. I've been, I've been the guy that's dragging everybody in the, into the fight. And he just, I get it. I totally get it. But, you know, that, that's why I ended up not playing. I, I couldn't believe when they announced it, there was actually a fractured sternum because that is nuts. Yes. I'm a, like, I know about the separated shoulders and that yeah. kind of thing. This is a whole other level to me. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, it's, I, I'm, I was shocked, shocked when that came out, but he'll recover. He'll recover. He'll be fine. It's just going to take a while. Ah, man. Um, all right, I, I, I'll throw this last one in, and uh, I keep I keep meaning to mention this in the shows. Uh, Eric Carlson gets talked about a lot. Oh, <laughs> love Carl, one of my favorite all time players, by the way. Yes, but I don't think the fit is Ottawa. Well, who's saying that? There's lots of people talking about Eric Carlson. He's on the trade block right now. I meant to no, mention I, this I, to Frank. I forgot. I should really write some notes occasionally. Um, he's he's a trade target, if you will. So Not for asking, Ottawa, just he's on the market. Yeah. You're, are you asking me if he's a fit in Ottawa or? Yes. Would you would you put Eric Carlson uh, in the lineup with his? I don't know what the contract would be because there's no way we're bringing him here for ten million dollars. <laughs> if if maybe San Jose picks up some of his some of his mm-hmm. some of the, mo- the money in the contract, it's it's a tough it's that's a tough loaded question for me too because one of my all time favorite players, uh, he is adored by the fan base here. Coming fresh, it's he's coming fresh off. How many points did he have? Hundred and was it hundred on the nose? Hundred and or just over a hundred? Yeah, it's. I look at what Ottawa does right now. They've got. Chikrin, Shabbat, Sanderson, all guys. They're not Eric Carlson. They're not going to produce the offense that Eric Carlson does. But to me, you have enough offensive guys right now. I think if you were even considering that, you'd probably have to move one of those guys. Maybe you move Shabbat 
If Shabbat wasn't on the team, I say, yeah, it makes sense. But Shabbat's on the team right now. So to me, it doesn't make sense. It's a heavy price. To well, okay. Here, let me. <laughs> if they were to eat half his contract and you paid him $5 million a year, are you going to put Eric Carlson in your lineup? Man, for $5 million, <laughs> he looks so good on your team. Huh? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And and they, they, there's an old saying in hockey too: when you have the puck all the time, you 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 don't have to play as much defense because you have the puck. Yeah, five five million. I love him as a player. Would I love? Would I want him on the sense for sure? I would. I'm just trying to think where where all the minutes go and 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 the makeup of the defense core, because like I just said earlier, it's really important what type of defenseman you have in your third pairing. That's why Vegas was so good. They had they had the perfect third pair. Bigger guys, guys that could play heavy, but also guys could, that can move the puck. So, yeah, I, five million, sure, I'll take him. I don't think you get him for five million. I don't think San, I don't think San Jose is going to eat that much of his contract. I, I, there's not a chance you're going to eat five million. He uh, he's too old for you because he's 33. So under I your know. I know. rules, he can't play on the Ottawa Senators. Well, he's not coming off a torn ACL, Wally. Like, okay, okay, Carlson off a torn ACL. Oh, sure, I'll bring him in. I know. Oh, I'll give you a break though, because you didn't know before you made that comment that it was a torn ACL on Tom. Fair. Wilson. I would still take him. I don't care. You're I'm not him taking him. You're not coming off a torn ACL and oh, getting signed. Um, for by the way, on. Senator has figured it all out that Carlson will play the wing. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's there's your winger to replace yeah. Alex Dabrinkit. Put Carlson. It's you all know, it's figured a, out now. It's just such a nostalgic question when you think of Carlson and what he did that playoff run, playing on one leg. The it's just yeah, it's tough. I do I I don't even know if he's going to get moved, Wally. Like uh, that's a tough tough contract to move at age he's at, what he's doing in San Jose. Yep. Um, yep. So I don't, I don't even know if he gets moved. Uh, and by the way, um, could you imagine what this roster would look like if your third line, even right now, consisted of Alex Formanton and Connor Brown in between Shane Pinto, or uh, with Shane Pinto in the middle? Nick Paul, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Paul in the middle and uh, Connor Brown and Formington. That'd be a pretty good third line, wouldn't it? Yeah, be a great, I, great yeah. third line. I I I think Connor Brown was undervalued. A lot, big uh, time. I, I listen. The coaching staff. This is how you tell a play a player's value. Who led the team in ice time all the time? Yes, it was Connor. Exactly. It was Connor Brown. Yep, that's Out for all situations. So he wasn't undervalued. Um, what did they get for him? Was it a second rounder or a third rounder? Second. Yeah. Well, not enough, but uh, you win some, you lose some, right? Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's that's that how it loss. all plays out. That was a um, loss. We go from the cat to the big dog. <laughs> Meaning? I, well, just I was going to use it for uh, Connor Brown, the big dog. but oh, He's the big um, dog? Is that his name? The big dog? No, I don't know what his name is. Can okay. we? Uh, never mind. Um, I miss Bobby. Uh, by the way, Bobby's trying to sell houses and relocate and move houses. So I, we, he's just taking some time off. Um, I, he's too busy for us, basically. You know what retired life is like. Um, so we will be back, uh, later this week. Uh, just you and I and someone else I can find who wants to come on the show. <laughs> Leave it with me. I'll get somebody. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Uh, right. thanks everybody for stopping by. Uh, we appreciate it. We will see you next time. See you, Yorkie. Enjoy the golf.
Yeah, see you, Wally. See you, everybody. Coming in hot is brought to you by Botano.ca. Please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel to never miss an episode.